0: You guys good? So I want to talk about fun finances. Money talks, your treasure reveals your love. I'm doing this out of your heart. I'm not no I'm not wearing a white suit and I'm not asking for Rolexes. I don't have four watches on my thing. I don't I don't have $300 shoes. Every actually every shoes I bought is from outlet. People are like, "You got nice shoes, Steve. $30." And then my other shoes, they were like, oh, you got another pair of shoes. Wow. Free from Trinity Western University. They give me $100 every month. I mean, not every, I wish every month. <laughs> Once a year, they give me $100 for wellness. Oh. So I am welling. <laughs> I am doing the well thing. So I just like, I'm going to buy some shoes. I have a little fetish with some shoes. I'm going to have a good shoe game. But I don't want to spend money on it. Amen? So I'm gonna talk about it because I'm not here to like conjure up finances from you. I'm actually doing it because it's for you. If you don't talk, if you don't talk, we don't talk about money, then I'm actually contravening the message of Jesus because Jesus talked about money 30% of the time. His parables 29% 29% of the time, he was talking about money, talents, riches, taxes. He was very into it. So if I preach, I've, I think I've preached 70 sermons so far in a row. That's the record for me. You guys know this is a record? I usually took a break after three weeks, but this is a record. For, and I don't know how I'm not burning out. It's called keeping the Sabbath, people. do the math I should have talked about it 21 times already I alluded to it and I said I think the Lord is like convicting me real hard so I'm going to talk about it you got to talk about money it reveals your love amen the Bible says where your heart is there your treasure is you guys know that Yeah. so I know, I know people are like, well, I love the Lord. I serve him. I give my time. I want to let you know, like giving money and finances to God is like math. Let me explain. An essay, somebody gives me an essay. If I li- I shouldn't say this out loud. If they're a good student, I really love them. They try it hard. I'm trying to find things to. Mm. Oh, it's, it's Stephanie. Oh, she, <laughs> she didn't understand that, quite, but oh, just try. And if I don't know who, th- you know, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that out loud. It's it's subjective in some way. Amen. Mm-hmm. Like a professor could give you a B plus for your essay, and then another professor will give you an A for the essay. Math is not subjective either. You got it right or wrong. So when you are giving your time and resources and all those things, there's like there's different motives. You, like you can say it's all for the Lord, but there's different motives. You want to get the glory. You want to get this, and maybe you're worshiping, because some of you like this. And it, you understand what I'm saying? It's, it can be? You really don't know like the person's heart. But the but when you give finances, it's like math. Is is either yes or no? Do you trust God? Yes or no. That's the revealer. There's, there's, you can't squirm yourself out of it. If people in Africa give me a tithe, out of the five dollars they give, surely you can give a tithe. And tithe was not some people read these like kooky the- theology from Google that affirms your belief to not want a tithe already. It's kooky theology. The tide was not instituted by Moses. It was instituted by Abraham. You guys know Abraham? Who is Abraham? You guys should... Father what? Father Abraham, uh, <laughs> father Abraham what? Father of, faith. father of faith! Mosaic law and Abraham is the father of faith. We encountered him as righteous, Hebrews 7 says, when Abraham in Genesis 14 gave 10% to the king of Salem. In Genesis 14, after Abraham won his battles, he saw a mystical figure called Melchizedek, which is the high priest, symbolizing Jesus, who is our high priest. And he met the king of Salem. There is no city called Salem. It's a mystical city, a king of Salem, which is Shalom. He met the king of peace, the high priest Melchizedek, and he honored him with the first fruits and ten, tenths of all he had an offering, and the Lord paid him back. Not in his life. Hebrews 7 said, that was accounted him as righteous. It doesn't mean that act like, oh, now you get saved. It was the symbol of his Righteousness in right relationship with God. That's what shalom means. You are in right relationship with God. Yeah, right. Shalom is right relationship with God, with each other, and with somebody below you. That's shalom. So he was counted him as righteous. He was in right relationship with God. He recognized who won his battles. He recognized that in a land that he was soldiering, that he had no business being. And he was prospering. Gave a tenth. And he was counted to him. And he was counted to him into the third generation. Abraham. Isaac. Who's next? Jacob. And then he had... And one of them was Levi. Who took care of the temple. And that's why the Levitical priests did not have to work outside the temple. And so people who are pastors and people who are called to vocational ministry are in the line of the Levitical priests, and that's why you support them. I am, well, I'm not right now, but when I was working full-time as a vocational pastor, I got the blessing of Abraham. That one act for generations to come. The Lord said, that's the sowing and reaping that I told you, like, in the world is transactional, but in God's economy, what you sow, you get back tenfold. Doesn't God say that in Malachi? Test me. Test me in this matter, that I will not overflow your barns and your storehouses. It's actually a like a matter of trust. Do you actually trust. And people say, well, I don't want to, I mean, is there really a 10%? Is it, that's the more, that's the most minimal. People ask me, like, how much do I have to, how much do I have to give? Like, I said, why? Because you want to give more? (laughs) They're like, they're they're always startled. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just testing their heart, like, because you want to give more, right? Because we're here on Pentecost Sunday, you guys know Pentecost Sunday? is when the Holy Spirit came down as tongues of fire into people's hearts and, and he wrote the law. I don't want to go into the whole theology, how God wrote the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. But now he writes through Pentecost Sunday, Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and he writes the law in our hearts. So we don't have to look at something and follow it as an obligation. We do it out of the outflow of our hearts. So when you're giving, it's because you want to give more. I'm thankful. I want to give more. If somebody's talking about it and you're like, I don't, to, I don't want to hear this message, it means that you got issues. That you got issues with finances in your life. Really. People are like, people don't really understand the generosity of God. You don't really understand the generous nature of God. That's why uh, you can't reflect His image. God is a generous God. He's actually very extravagant. He is a good, good father that gives you extravagance in time. Now, I love my son. This is my boy. <laughs> I believe I. My wife always had to stop me from being extravagant because I was being too extravagant to the point of. Giving him things that he didn't have the resp- You know, we give him things as he's responsible. Amen? If I had it my way, I would have given him a car at 16. But he was not ready. He was not ready. <laughs> he was not ready. Do you, do you understand? There's a, there's a restraining, but it's not because I, I'm, I'm cheap and frugal. I'm, I'm restraining for his own good. And that's the Father's heart. He's restraining for your own good. Because he wants to teach you about not wanting things Before its time. And to be content with the satisfaction of needs because he gives you everything you need, but he also gives you things that you may want, but those wants must be aligned to the kingdom. I don't know if this is making sense to you. God is a generous God. Look at the temple that God built for Solomon. David, a tent, Worship, and then God's mosaic tent, and then the Lord said, this, "This temporary." See, we're living in a, we're having a temporary like sanctuary right now, but I believe God will give us a temple that's extravagant. Amen. And people are like, "Do you need to buy that? Do you need to have this? Do you need to have?" It's not for us. It's to reveal the extravagant nature of God. When you cheap out on things, it's like you're saying, "That's what God's like. He's like cheap." You spend enormous hours to buy something that's like, should should, should I buy the $10 one or the $8 one? And you're spending an hour. What are you saying about the nature of God? Do you understand what I'm saying? God is a generous, He is extravagant. Think about, look at people's faces all around you. Look at the people around you. Look how God is not lazy and He's just like making everybody the same. Because he's like, oh, who, who really cares? Let's all make Asians look good. Let's just all make the whole world Asians. Look at the multiple nature of the different faces and cultures, and the extra. And look at all the all the nature and the. I'm, I went to. I go to Whole Foods, and I like buying apples. Do you know how many kinds of apples there are? <laughs> I have to ask my. Mom, what is the Fuji apple? What does that taste like? What is the Macintosh? What is-? She's like that's more sweeter. Than-. I'm like. This is so confusing. I don't know. I don't want to... And I just buy the gala. I just go to my own gala, Apple gala, organic gala. And then I'm trying to experiment with different things. But it's just the extravagance of creation shows you that he's a generous God. Heaven is a place of extravagance. Because in heaven, the pathway to heaven to the pearly gates is paved with gold. Yeah. That means the pathway, like gold, is dirt in heaven. If gold is dirt, I wonder what everything else is. Not if you're understanding. Do you guys want heaven on earth? Do you want our church to be like heaven on earth? Then there needs to be some extravagance with each other, with our giving, with our time. If you don't have any, like I don't have a lot. It's not, it's not the amount, it's, your, it's the state of your heart, your desire to be extravagant and generous. I don't know if I'm making any sense. God is extravagant, he wants to bless. There's a, there's a surplus supply, supply, infinite resources. You're just not tapping into it. It's just a surplus. My dad, my father, when he, when my dad was extremely frugal. But on the one hand, he was very generous. And on the other hand, he was very frugal. So he, had, he was very double-minded. He used to give me $20 a day for food. I did some calculations with interest rate that's um, now $20 in the 80s. I, I just found out that it's $72. So that's like me giving my teenage son, who's 14, $70 for lunch on top of the lunch my grandmother made me. So <laughs> my grandmother made me lunch. Says, here's a bag, and then my mom would give me another 20 just in case you're hungry. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? I am so stupid. I actually used that money for food. That's how much I ate. <laughs> I ate to lunch and then I ate. I went to school early, I ate breakfast, lunch, and then after, after like basketball practice, I had dinner, and then on the way back home, I had like another snack. And literally, I spent all that. Imagine if I just ate the one lunch and saved the 70 every day because she gave me 70 every day and on the weekends a little bit more. She, she was like, for food. I didn't need it for food. <laughs> like, how much a person can eat? I could, I could be. I, I, I hit myself all the time. I could have been rich. I could have invested <laughs> all that. I could be a millionaire. Just like 1980. Invest in Facebook, 80, couple thousand. I'll be a millionaire. I don't have to. My wife and I, we could just retire in Hawaii. Just, do you understand? It, it was a very extravagant. But then at the same time, like he would make me go to Honest Ed's in Toronto. Honest Ed's in Toronto no longer exists. It's where you buy the most cheapest things. Like I bought $10 basketball shoes there that was so, pla- it was like plastic. It took all, all, took my toenails off playing basketball. I'm still good because it's not the shoes. <laughs> It's the man. <laughs> just I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sometimes we sometimes we oscillate. We like we, we're confused with what is what is like are we supposed to be frugal? What does stewardship really mean? Are we supposed to be frugal with our money and then cheap cheap out on things and then and then also be extravagant? Like what is I wanted to suggest to you. That stewardship is about reflecting the nature of God. If stewardship is like, oh, I'm going to give you ten dollars. Oh, I'm going to just make this ten dollars last. It means that you have an orphan spirit that you think that God is like just giving you ten dollars to test you, and then, but He He's giving it to you to so that He He can expand your sense of responsibility. He's giving it to you, so he wants to trust you. Not so that you can like keep it. Here's my $10, God. Here's... Here, here's I, I I, got $10, and I'm going to return it to you. What is he saying? He's. What is he saying? The $10 is just seed for you. What are you going to do with it? This is just a tool. This. Sorry, son. You're making notes. I'm so sorry. You're making notes, too. I don't know. Here, I'll just do this. This is... This isn't my reading class. This is just a tool. Amen? Amen. This is a tool. This is something I use to read. That's, to me, money is just like a tool. It's just something I do to multiply his kingdom. See, that's why the Bible says it is seed in the storehouse. It is something that God gives you so you can plant it and grow more. Because it's something he gives you so he can give back and then it grows more. That's, that's you tapping into the generosity of God. But we look at money like it's, it's like a piece of the pie. Mm. You guys know that, I don't know, you guys are too young to know the Jeffersons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the song. I can't even <laughs> do it. It's like we think, it's the pe- that's the ca- capitalist system, right? We got a piece of the pie. Some people have more, some people have less. And then if the pie grows, then even if you have less, you get a little bit more. That's capitalistic. I don't want to go into finance, But communism is like everybody gets an equal share of the pie, but the pie never grows. That's why communism never works. Amen? Amen? <laughs> I just wanted to tell you, socialism and communism is not biblical. Capitalism is about seed that grows. Adam Smith, who came up with capitalistic free market system, believed in the invisible hand. <laughs> MBA student. Will grow. Somehow this invisible hand will grow, and then everybody will just trickle down and flow. That's dependent on people's generous nature. But we live in a sinful world, so people hoard. 7% of the world own all of the money! Oh my gosh. I don't know if you guys understand. I don't want to go into it because it's dark, it's evil. What is happening in the world? I think I, think, I, think I read just the other day, 17 people in the world can eradicate Africa's debt by themselves and still have billions left. You know what billions is? I don't know if you guys understand. It's thousands of millions. <laughs> oh, I'll give, I'll eradicate all of Africa's debt, and so that they can come out of poverty. And I'll still keep billions, but I won't, I won't be, I won't have, I won't be close to the trillion. But I'll have like instead of five hundred billion, I'll have hundred billion. Oh, that's a hundred thousand million. Okay. If you don't, that's why I pray, God, give me that. Because I will give it away. It's not a matter of money. It's the love of money, as Timothy says. It's not the money. Money is just a tool, people. You don't worship the tool. Look at my glasses. I worship you. I don't focus on these glasses all the time. Do I have my glasses? How many, how much glasses do I have? <laughs> Let's see how much is in my glass case. Is it still here? Oh, no. Don't worry, it's only like 10 bucks. <laughs> do, do you understand the point? You do not worship the tool. The tool is it's just a tool. You don't worship the hammer. Hammer is just a tool to get something done. Yeah. For money, for the way I think the biblical understanding of finances and resources is like seed. It's really sad that we had currency and paper, and now we have crypto. I don't even understand what crypto is. It's invisible money. <laughs> That's why I don't invest in crypto. I cannot invest in something that I cannot touch. But I should. I don't know <laughs> what's happening to me. Tyler is changing my mind. That guy. Blame that guy at the back there. Tyler. Tyler. It's just, it's just so fleeting. Like we exchange money, e-transfer, $1,000 here, 500 here, bam, 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 bam. It's like, boom, boom. It's just numbers. But in the olden days, it was actually substance. That you, you plant and you wait for the harvest and you wait for God to release. It. Bless it. Do you understand? There was a dependence on God. But we no, no longer depend God with our finances because we think we can make it without him. And when you talk about it, you're like, don't talk about it because it's my money. I just want to let you know the air you breathe does not belong to you. I'm not yelling because I'm mad. I'm yelling. I'm raising my voice slightly (laughs) because I'm convicted. This is for your releasing, for your blessing, so that you don't live in a Babylonian system that enslaves you. You know, the Israelites in the desert, that was their test. So that they can go to the promised land and be entrusted with abundance. The Israelites in the desert had everything they needed. Manna had all the vitamins and nutrients that they needed to survive. My, my wife, we spent so much money on all the nutrients. somebody came to our house and we opened up our drawer and they're like, whoa, it's like a a store in here, right? Manna had all of that in one pill. Every day, one, bam. God's, (laughs) I wish we had manna so we don't have to spend all that money. (laughs) Every day something appears, that's it. (laughs) But it did not taste like anything. They were like, what is this? That's what manna means. Manna means, what is this? <laughs> and they longed for the quail and the leeks that they had at Egypt. Their wants, their wants and desires superseded their trust in God. And they were willing to be enslaved in Egypt again for a little bit of quail when they could have just waited And if they just obeyed, it could have been 40 days, not 40 years, went into the promised land, had abundance, grapes the size of your fists. Do you understand? I'm exaggerating a little bit. (laughs) You guys understand? That That is our God. He wants to entrust you with seed so that you can, the more you throw away, the more he gives. You know, I asked my mentor when we were in Korea, I said, Che, I don't know how you collect offering, but when you collect offering, hundreds of thousands of dollars come into the offering. He goes, I know. <laughs> and I, I asked him, like, how, how, do you that, how do you not get tainted with money? He, looked, he was like, we're at an um, airport, air, uh, airport lounge, and he was like, me some snacks. And he looked at me and said, because I never keep it. Whatever comes in, goes out. He goes, you never take it? He goes, no, I get a salary from church. And even, he goes, but you saw all your books, right? He goes, no, all those pre- proceeds from the books go to the church. <laughs> oh, you don't take money from the church? Oh, uh, You don't take money from, profits from your books? He goes, well, some people just, like, you know, some other person that I respect too, he doesn't get paid by the church, just his books. Do you you understand? He said, I just, whatever comes in, he goes. And he proves it, too, because one conference, he said, the Lord convicted him, and he gave $24,000 in his savings to the offering. Mm -hmm. Called his wife. He was really scared. I said said to his wife, I'm in Toronto, and I think the Lord is telling me to give our $24,000 in savings. And we just started a church with young people. (laughs) We don't even know where to meet. Sound familiar? They're not giving me salary. We have nothing. That sounds familiar, honey. I'll be familiar. He said, I got four kids we got to feed. But I feel like the Lord, he's saying, trust me in this. And his wife said, while you were there, I was praying, and the Lord said, 24,000 also, all of our savings, give it. Gave all of his savings away. He said, that's how I have millions coming into my pocket. Because God trusts me with money. And he is a man of great integrity. That's why he taught me to preach about money when I was like, he said, go go and collect the offering. I'm like, oh, you guys, if you have some. <laughs> when we're doing conferences, we were like below 50, we, we were holding conferences for $50,000. I, I would go up there. <laughs> there's like 500 people. i would be saying, I'll be like, oh, guys, it costs a lot. I'm just want to <laughs> if you have And 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 my my mentor would look at me and go, sit down. (laughs) And then he would collect the offering. He goes, this is for kingdom work. This is for your blessing. And I'm like, that's not going to work. And then (laughs) $20,000. How did you do that? When I collected, it was a couple hundred. Because you have no authority. Because you yourself are not generous. He didn't say that to me, but I knew exactly what he was saying through his eyes. Because you have no authority to speak because you don't understand the flow of God. You think it's a pie and it's not a seed. You don't give, so you don't get. That's why there was, after that, my wife and I, we started, we started just giving. Honey, this is our last thousand. What should we do? And I felt like, should we? Should we not? And my wife's like, always. She's always a yes. Like, Can you say no sometimes? <laughs> So we could be in disagreement. I can go with you. Oh, really? Is she less? I should go with my wife. (laughs) She's always like, Higher, higher. Why (laughs) higher? That's everything. She goes, (laughs) Higher, higher. Do you understand? And it really hurt me. And I had to keep doing it until it didn't hurt anymore. Because that love of money had to be broken where your treasure is, where your love is. Show me your bank book and I'll tell you what you love. I coach people, I'm in debt, I don't know. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be prosperous and have kingdom finances. I go, well, show me your bank book. Why? I'll tell you what you love. Are you, ser- are you serious? yes, I'm serious, or I don't have to coach you. Mm. then show me the bank book, and I'll show you. You know who you love? Yourself. <laughs> I love my parents and my sister. No, you do not love any of them. You love yourself. How do you know that? Because everything you spend is on yourself. This nice card that you can't afford, you're in debt. Why, as a 22-year-old, do you need a BMW? Now, I'm not saying you can't have one, but you're not a millionaire. You're in debt because you want to have things that you are not ready for yet. You're in the desert. You should be happy with manna. You're trying to get leaked, and you're getting enslaved. Can I hear an amen for that? That's why contentment is a test, and thanksgiving is a test in the desert, so you can be entrusted with abundance. Because God, if you are lacking... It's the emptying process. It's God's exposure. It's like taking away your false security so that he can replace it with his security so that every time you're like, why why do they have to go? Why do I have to take the transit? Why do I have to take the transit when my friend has the car? That's when you rise up and thank you for transit in Vancouver. I don't have money to take a transit. That's how poor I am thank you that i have legs (laughs) i'm being completely serious thank you that i have a bike (laughs) even if it's a ten dollar cheap crickety bike thank you that i have a bike that i can go places with thank you jesus that is your test people you you don't pass that test you're in the desert all your life and eventually you're going to long for things that are not ready yet, that the devil will give to you temporarily so that you can be enslaved by him. That's the capitalistic system of Babylon. Is that what you want? You want to get your soul so you can get what you don't deserve, the abundance of God, out of his goodness of his heart, because you are his child. You are his treasure and he wants to entrust you with it. Show me your bank book, I'll show you what you love. People give money to the church like it's a tip to God, like at a restaurant. You know at a restaurant when you tip? It's kind of an obligation. Who, who works at a restaurant as a server? Don't, don't have to raise your hands. but <laughs> Thank God for <laughs> all those servers. And I, I get, my mentor taught me always 20 to 25%. Doesn't matter about their service. I'm like, really? It's the, but the service, though. <laughs> but what if they're bad? He goes, no, no, it's just an act of honor for serving you. Just 20, 25%, right off the bat. I'm like, <laughs> so I do that. But sometimes I'm tempted to not. This bad service, 15. 15, that's good enough. That's an option, 15. <laughs> but we give to God like we're giving God a tip. We, we, we give to him, it's like our last thing if we have some left. I, I did my thing, I just like a tip. Like it's your, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, it's yours, and so, I should, okay. He did a good job today. Thank God for Steve. He did a good sermon. <laughs> yeah, I should. I feel like it. I feel like it today. You guys hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like it's good church. I feel like it. it's a good church, yeah. If it's your church, that's the place of your tithing. Regardless. It's not to the person, it's to God. That's your house. That's, you're doing it for the Lord. You're, do you understand? It's not a tip, it's, it's your offering. It's your act of faith. It's your act of trust when you have nothing, you give. And I'm not saying you go starving. And My wife and I, we gave our finances, and sometimes we had nothing. A Fuller, at seminary, we didn't work. I got some allowance, and then I was so tempted to tell the Lord. I said, "This is not even my money. I'm, I'm getting somebody supporting me. This is not even an earning God." And I got loans from school, and the Lord. I was like, "Gonna tell the Lord, this is a loan. I gotta pay this back." And the Lord just convicted me. All of those things I tithed. And we had nothing sometimes. And it's not like the Lord automatically I gave, and then. On the covers, there's like money flowing from the covers. It didn't work like that. There was times of trusting, like we had no food. And so we would eat instant noodles, which are in my stomach to now. Like it's still there because <laughs> we ate so much. You know, those things don't dissolve, right? It's, it's there when they do an autopsy one day. They're going to be like, what are those instant noodles from the 1994 to 98? <laughs> still there. We ate so much of it because we didn't have and a lot of kimchi. Kimchi was cheap. So kimchi and noodles, and just eating, make some rice, and just fill ourselves up. And then we have to be thankful for the instant noodles. Thank you, God, for this $1 instant noodles because I'm still alive. Thank you for my house that is, you know, my, the first apartment that we lived in got condemned and got grazed to the ground. That's how bad it was. But we were, th- <laughs> we went back, honey, let's go visit our old apartment. Oh, where is it? <laughs> It got grazed, it was condemned. (laughs) Do you understand? We saw possums in there, But we were so thankful for the apartment. My wife cried. Well, it was pretty bad. The first time she came, she cried. Our first night after we we got married and we went to the apartment, she cried. (coughs) Because the bathroom was so dirty and, you know, she was, she lived in a nice big house in London and then came to a little apartment where you can hear people walking beside you. This is like a motel type. We're thankful for all that. And even in that, we gave. And the Lord blessed us. And I'm not going to go through the whole story, but maybe next week, the Lord blessed us to buy a 7,000-square-foot lot, 4,100-square-foot house that we had no business buying. People, people actually came and thought that we were, like, doing something wrong. They're like, how did you get this house? We're not paying you that much. <laughs> I could see the query on their faces. They opened the whole house, and then there's, like, French doors, and they're like, how did, how, wow. And one guy had the audacity to say, yeah, pastor business is really good business, huh? <laughs> and I was going to be like, don't judge. Oh, <laughs> bless you. You know, if you ask me how did that happen, I'll tell you next week. But you know how that—I ha- don't know how that happened. It just happened. In Vancouver. You guys know how hard it is to buy. In Vancouver, when the church when they started gave us $200 a month in salary. Somehow, some way, I just was faithful, and over a decade, somehow later, we're like in my dream bathroom. My shower is so big; it's a steam shower the extravagance of God. And the Lord is saying, I entrust you. And I said, Daddy, I feel a little guilty about having such a house as this. He goes, that your house is your testimony to my nature because you are my treasure and love flows to you and I entrust you now, son. Don't ever apologize for it because every time someone came to my house, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't, even know, how, I don't know how this happened. I don't know. I just want to let you know I don't make that much money. <laughs> I would always make apologies, and my wife would say, will you stop apologizing? <laughs> she would st- actually get mad at me and go, just, why you act like you don't deserve it? We give, People don't know how much we give. Do you understand? <sighs> okay, that's, I, I, got, I got a lot of things to say. I was That's only page two. You guys okay with this? Okay, that, that's a lot. That's a lot for today. I got a lot of things to say, but let's leave it for next week. Amen? Where do we stand? You guys excited about money? Okay. <laughs> you guys excited? Wow, what a great church. Now, I'm being serious because the first time I preached about my money, money in my old church and it was about this size, you know, we it took about two and a half, three years to get to this size and then I f- finally talked about money and then people's faces were like this. <laughs> they were not happy. But you know what? I was happy because they were not happy because <laughs> he was releasing something. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to talk more about generosity and... Love and the flow of God's nature, heaven on earth, Haggai 4, it says, in the end days, the wealth of the nations will come to the temple. That means the end of days, the consummation of all things, is that the wealth of all the nations, all the greedy people will come back to God. I always pray, God, all those All those unscrupulous, greedy people, either transform them or give it to me. My heart is right. Give me 10 million, I'll give away 9 million. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Out of my mouth, my wife's like, You sure you don't want to keep two? No, I will give it away. I'm ready. Oh, shoot, I just said that out loud. Let's get ready for 10 million. Because how much do you really need? Am I going to buy with one million? I'm not even going to buy a house. I'm just going to stay in my rental apartment that I love. I'm going to keep my KiA car. Do you understand? There's nothing I want. All the electric cars are like garbage right now. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that truck that I Well, maybe the truck. I don't know. Do you understand? <laughs> it's taken me 20-some years to get to this place. To be free. I want you to be free. Amen? And I want you to be in the flow of God's generosity where people are giving. You know how many times in the last year we got like money from the just e-transfer? We don't get it in the mail anymore. We used to get a check in the mail, like $100 anonymous. Now we just get an e-transfer. Oh, e-transfer, $1,000 here. Why Why does these, these things, do you guys, have, does that happen to you guys? No. <laughs> Why has it happened to me? Because I give a thousand. I give hundreds. I'm like, sowing into the Lord. I sow into global joy. I sow in thousands into global joy Africa. Hey, Lord. And then the Lord said, in time. A little bit here, a little bit there. It all adds up. And I have calculated that I have received even much, much more, more, more than I have given. Amen?